0: Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you'll let us know where you think we got it right and where we completely missed the point which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. So
1: let's get into it. What shall we delve into today, Brian? Well, last week we talked about why are people staying silent and quiet, people that don't agree with what's going on. And we we covered that in great detail. This week I think it only makes sense to talk about why would people sincerely – genuinely believe that the things that are going on that you and I are like what in the world is happening why would they go along with this but first before right. we do I want to throw a curveball at you I was oh, driving on the freeway I was driving on the freeway today and I kind of had this thought and I and I haven't fully flushed it out so I'm, I would love to hear what you think and again as usual don't if you think that's like wrong tell me it's wrong I, 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 but this kind of occurred to me like how do we explain to somebody the kind of conflict we're in and and it kind of occurred to me that people like you and I have absolute values. Like we're like, even if like how you see something and how I see something is a little bit different. You and I each are, we're not willing to bend on our values, but we are willing to bend on how much we impose or force our beliefs on somebody else. Right? Yes. The opposite in what you and I kind of, I feel like you and I are, are frustrated by is people who have nuanced or variable values, but are absolute in how they will impose their beliefs or force their foist or force their their um, ideology on others to the degree that it's not forcing ideology is is forcing compliance right yeah. is that a yeah. fair way of kind of explaining what we're going through that that kind of like you and I are absolute in our values but but we we are we 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 explore the nuance of how to force or impose those because sometimes it doesn't make sense to force them or impose them at all. Right. Other folks are variable on the values, but absolute on the this will be you will comply. A- absolutely, absolutely, and that's and that's uh, I mean
0: a lot of the previous episodes we've done have been aspects of that the cancel culture and all yeah. these different things, and and I think it really becomes. It it really comes down to a clash of values, and 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 a couple of things in those in those two sort of uh, clashes of values. So you and I explore it in this podcast. We explore ideas of objective truth, truth that's outside of ourselves, truth that's. That's um, you can look in in the world and look at history and look at logic, and, et cetera, and say this is this is fact because we we value that objective truth. Truth that's not just uh, how I feel about things. Yeah, uh, some folks on the flip side elevate their feelings uh, to the point that you and I would call objective truth. In other words, the value of somebody's feelings about something or about other people or about a subject or a topic or whatever, uh, to them hold the same place as what we would say objective truth, the pursuit of objective truth is for us. And I think in a lot of cases these days, <clears throat> what that comes down to is the perception of how other people are treated. In other words, uh, you know, we, I think in one of our episodes, we talked about the idea of the, the transgender issue. And, you know, you, you, you look at that issue and say, uh, here's some folks that honestly feel a certain way and that I would say have, uh, Certain you know challenges, gender dysphoria, uh, yeah. you are something, but you feel like you 're something else that's that 's a reality that has to be dealt with, i think in some cases you know psychologically, medically, et cetera right. um, but other people would say no the, the whether or not that 's true or not is not important what 's important is you valuing that person, and so uh, so that that 's where the clash comes in is yeah. feelings and relationships over object the pursuit of objective truth.
1: Yeah and I, and and I don't want to derail our topic for today but right. the, I think the, the one of the ways that this was was best illustrated is the supreme court justice who could not define what a woman is. Right. Right. <laughs> and and like the the implications of having somebody make judgments on law presumably the word woman is in the law somewhere I'm going to guess. Right. Right. <laughs> and <clears throat> and having a a um, concrete or reliable or consistent idea of what a woman is, I would right. imagine is going to be pretty relevant and pertinent to to her job. Not even a thing that that she th- she thinks is even worth worrying about. Like it doesn't matter. Well, and and, in, and I see. I think what what is
0: the higher value there? Because because she knows. I mean, she knows intellectually. She knows yeah. logically what the biological, physical answer is. But a higher value in that situation is not objective reality, the way that things actually are in the world. But who is going to be hurt by that knowledge? And so uh, a, yeah. a person that has uh, a, a objective truth, if, if this is objectively true, somebody's going to feel bad about it okay, well, we're, ge- we're just going to ignore that objective truth so they don't feel bad about it. Now, to yeah. me, that leads to worse outcomes than if you say, no, here is an objective definition that applies to everybody regardless of who you are, um, because then you are in in agreement with how the universe really is. I mean, it's just like, you know, as, as you say, while E. Coyote running, and he's, he's running off the cliff and he's still running, but he doesn't realize it until he actually starts <laughs> yeah. falling. Well, Great. he's in conflict with reality. He thinks that there's something beneath him, but there really isn't. And, yeah. you know, fortunately he survives all those splats, but most yeah. people don't survive all those splats.
1: By, by the way, something that I, I will lament if Kenny G uh, or Jenny G or whoever—again, we're talking about somebody who's forty or fifty years old and around the year 2090, uh, somebody born, you know, around the year 2040—that uh, is supposed to be called Generation Gamma. As of now, uh, that's where we get the name Kenny G, or I just made up Jenny G. I, my going back to <laughs> Wiley Coyote. I, it will be a real travesty if they never get to appreciate Bugs Bunny cartoons and wildlife. Oh, Kennedy yeah.
0: Cartoons. Yeah. A, a, a loss of culture. In fact,
1: a, a loss of culture
0: if the entire Saturday morning cartoons that we yes. grew up with all yes. go away. I mean, Kenny, if, look it up, man. Find the archive.
1: Yes. Somewhere <laughs> there's got to be a video archive. Please invest a couple hours into watching Bugs Bunny <laughs> cartoons. Okay. Exactly. So. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna preface this by saying this might be the shortest episode we've ever done if you're gonna rely on me carrying the conversation, because I really don't understand this. <laughs> I'm really gonna lean on you, Dave, to explain this to me because I really want to understand Oops. it. And I truly don't. What would make somebody see the things that we're seeing and genuinely, sincerely believe that's the right path? Help me understand that. Well, it, it seems to me, it goes back to this previous conversation we've just been having, and
0: that is, uh, I mean, there, there's several things. One, there is, of course, the the group mentality. If everybody around me says that this is really true and this, yep. is, this helps people, people don't want to be the odd man out or yep. odd person out to make it non-sexist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people don't want to <laughs> be that. Um, yep. And then the other thing is, if I, I think it's it's this clash of values, this clash of clash of uh, objective reality with people feeling bad. So you take a look at at you know, some of the things we find in our in our current moment, you know, without getting too wrapped up in all of this, you find people talking about, well, these folks were treated poorly in these ways. And so that's why uh, we have to support them now, regardless of if they do bad things. And so we find that throughout, in fact, in 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 this sort of fourth turning moment that we're in, we find that that playing out over and over, whether we're talking about folks that are, are living on the street in mental illness. Well, we can't infringe on their rights because they're down on their luck. People that have been, uh, you know, criminals. Well, we can't really require them to, um, to, uh, have a high bar to get out because they're down on their luck and we, we have to support them, uh, versus just well, this person in this moment did this objectively bad thing, and we have to, uh, there has to be direct consequences because of this objectively yeah. bad thing. I think oh, that really me. explains most of it.
1: <clears throat> help me understand the, the, the le- so, and I, and I get all that. I understand there's a strong, we, we as social creatures have a strong sense to want to belong. I, I totally, yeah. I can wrap my head around that. Where I get lost though is, and I hope you can help me fill in the gaps in here, is how that person who was in prison for, you know, they, they, they raped a woman. Let's say, okay. Right. Um, they go to prison. The argument is, yeah, but they should. We should be a little more lenient with them because they had a bad situation that they were in. Whatever they grew up in a bad neighborhood. Whatever it was. Right. Whatever the right. reasons are. And, right. and let's even say that they're plausible. Like they're, they're okay. I can I can understand. Sure. Like life handed them a crap sandwich. And and yep. There's no doubt that in this situation, the kid um, grew up to be a man who would do things that another other circumstances wouldn't have. I I I can get behind that. I understand that part. The part where I get lost is when they say, "And we're going to let them out of jail with no treatment, no counseling, no no anything." And that person who did the thing that raped the woman, his needs are put above the next victim's. That's where I get lost. Help me understand how they think that is the right thing because there's the math or the, the 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 studies show. That that man's gonna go rape another twenty five year old woman and yeah. and we can see this coming, we know it's gonna happen, and why in the hell is are her needs and her rights and her happiness and all those things put below this guy, even though in some cases like their arguments are legit, but still sure. we don't we don't put in reasonably decent cures. We just say, let the guy out. And whatever happens, happens. That's the part where I get lost. Help me understand that part. Well, part of the problem is, Brian, you think too deeply.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. you know, so part, part, part of the problem here is that, you know, to for I think a lot of folks, the way that they view these issues is is, you know, one level deep. You know, we talk about in, in life, do you play checkers? Or do you play chess? You know, right. even in checkers, you've got to have a little bit of strategy. Maybe it's yes. not three or four moves ahead or five moves ahead right. if you're really good at chess. Uh, but I think a lot of folks are like, uh, look at it like, okay, uh, we've, we've righted this wrong. This person who's had a bad deal on life. Uh, we're not going to do this to them. Next, now we move on. There's just no depth of thought there. So I, I mean that really literally that I think sometimes those that think very deeply about these things think that either what comes next is not important because we've done a good thing in the moment um, or they don't think about what comes next. I think whatever comes next has a relative value on a scale of one to 100, of if it's even considered, of five. But the... Yeah. The, the justice, the social justice, if you will, that we're delivering in the moment is the yeah. absolute most important thing. And they've got a right. whole group of people all around them that use that. And I, and I think there's really two classes of folks in that space too. They're the people that are honestly care. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that I sincerely disagree with that Honestly, care about other people. And yeah. so they're, you know, they used to call it, you know, I'm, I'm a conservative. They used to call it bleeding heart liberal people that yeah. are, they just respond out of, out of their, their best intentions and they're. Sure really naivete i mean they're really naive yeah. about the the way the world actually is and if this happens i think there's the other part of that is in conversations that i've had with people when we talk about the second and third tier effects the point is not the outcome the point is trying well we tried with this person we gave them another yeah. chance and shoot they failed but we did our part we tried and yeah. then the second person or the second tier of that is those in society a, a, a subset that cynically use the rest of those folks, the, the bleeding hearts, if you will, we'll call it that just to satisfy the old people among us. Uh, yeah. The, 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 second tier of society are those that use those cynically to perpetuate power and money grabs.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think we can all agree that there's a, a percentage of the people in charge, so to speak that, yeah. that, let these things continue on and don't really want to solve the problem because um it it helps them uh, retain power there's no question um so giving you another example then like as of right now in this moment that you and i are recording this um hamas had the the thing where they went over and they killed like i don't know 1200 people in israel like they they, there's videos of them literally like uh uh having body cams where they're they're doing horrible things to like families and, and children yeah. and, and and women and, and old people. And like it's pretty clear, at least from the stuff I've seen, that there were not any military <laughs> objectives when no. they're doing these things to like literally families and, and young children and whatever. OK, right. so um, at the same time, we have, an, uh, we have borders that are literally like wide open. Right. And we are we are having people in the millions coming across. Yep. And I'm guessing that if Kenny G is listening to this in his eighth grade history class, because they've chosen to have you and I ranting, talking about this as a good illustration <laughs> of what this era is like, which is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um, no doubt there's been things happen in our country on U.S. soil because the people coming over are not accounted for. We're just letting them come over. And right. the same people <laughs> who hate the people in Israel hate us and they're going to do harmful things to us. That, that's just sure. that's it. It's almost a mathematical certainty. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. So if 1%, uh, or, uh, you know, one percent, or yeah, one hundredth of one percent of the people coming across the border wish to do us harm, by the time G hears this, it will have happened at least once it's history. or many times. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 just. Why is there? In this case, so I understand. Okay, the, the 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 individual with the rape thing. Okay, we're gonna we we tried. we were trying to help this guy out who had a who got handed a bad thing in life. Okay, I can maybe even wrap my head around that. I can't wrap my head around this idea that the world is such so full of people with great moral character that of course they wouldn't harm us. Like Dave help me understand here. This makes no damn sense to me.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and if we look at, for instance, those kinds of situations, I think one of the things we see is uh, is uh, being fixed in such categories so that the, the, for the social justice warrior, social justice is all. And so, therefore, if you bring up things like you just brought up, well, you're just doing that because you don't like dark colored people. You don't like bra- black and brown yeah. people. You don't like people okay. that are different than you. So. If you, if you don't ever consider the question, if you don't ever consider the, the effects of what's happening, then when it does happen, you can say, oh that's really terrible who knew that was ever going to happen you know um, the yeah. things that are obvious to you and I that that ultimately as you say statistically mathematically and knowing human nature it's going to happen but I, I think this also gets back to the the basic perception of, of human nature the um, the the people that like you and I believe that there is a certain amount of fixed Fixedness, if you, a steadiness, uh, to human nature. It doesn't change that much. Things around us change, but there's certain aspects of human nature that must be constrained, whereas, yeah. The the other side of that equation believes that sure there's bad people coming across, but if these bad people come across, maybe they're going to see our nice roads and that we have Seven Elevens and that we have <laughs> yeah. McDonald's and they they're going to see my coexist oh. bumper sticker and they'll love me, of course, and they'll love me. Yeah, exactly, they'll love me. And so there's this belief, which I think is a uto- a dangerous utopian fantasy, especially especially in in our day and days like ours, that. Well, all we need to do is expose them to our niceness, and they will abandon their hopes and their desires to completely eradicate us from the face of the earth and and that 's yeah. really the the fundamental in fact if you if you wanted to get down to the fundamental fundamental philosophical difference of folks that think like we do and folks that think in in alternative ways, that's really it. Human nature, when we're born to some people, is a blank slate and all you have to do is put the right things around it and then become angels. Now that's Plato's utopia. That's, you know, every utopian movement that's ever come on the earth believes that you can circumstantially uh, overcome nature with Uh, With nurture. So, you know, that it's that argument between what what makes you you. Is it nature? Are you born this way? Are are they fixed attributes of Brian? Or does it have to do with the things that are around you and shape you? And I think most people that think deeply about it would say it's really a combination of those two things. There's certain things you're never going to change. Yeah you're, yeah, you're never going to change certain things about humanity. I mean, we are through tens of thousands of years of human history. We have sh- selfishness built into us. And therefore, yeah. in, you know, if, if things come down to it, I don't believe in stealing, but if my family and I are starving to death, then yeah. it's quite likely that my, yeah. my value will, that steal no stealing value will take second place to the eating value yeah. and I'll go out and steal For something. To me,
1: it's a certainty. I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to steal something if it means. Oh yeah, my absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You, can, you, you can't eat that. So it, it, this reminds me of, of, uh, or it feels to me like, I guess is a better way to say it, of this, of this mood or, or belief that is commonplace now amongst, um, highly educated people. And I, and I mean that I'm not being snarky. I mean, like people who yeah. have like a lot of years in higher education and younger people where it it's not about finding truth. It's about identifying authenticity. It's about being yes. relevant. It's about being the person who has the new great idea. And a great way to illustrate this is for, for my entire life. And I, this is not a theological discussion, but my entire life, there's been people who are just like flat out atheists. And there are right. often people who are highly educated, right? I'd say yep. that the, the percentage of people who are higher educated who are atheists versus lower education is, is probably significantly different, right? Right. So in the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, it's 2023 as we're recording this, in the last seven or eight years, this new theory has come out called the simulation theory. And the simulation yes. theory is essentially saying there was a creator; it was a a, a intelligent design, which is a, a way we used to say God,
0: <laughs> right? <yes>. Right.
1: <laughs> um, but now we're calling it a simulation. We live in a video game, so it's a it's a cool new spin on this thing. And right. this, it's saying the same thing that they've yeah. argued against for I don't know decades, <laughs> forever, whatever. But because they call it a new name it's it's okay now it's it, yes. that is just a bewildering like it's it's like trying to explain to kenny g that if you came up if like gravity is boring and, and old but if you if you came, came up and said well there's it, not really gravity it's the super glue of the universe like that now it's a right. cool way to say it or whatever right. and, and therefore now it's acceptable like that that trend it just feels weird to me is does that tie into what we're talking about? Do you think? Well, I, I do.
0: I mean, certainly, I, I think like the, the I, I've heard the simulation theory. In fact, I've I've heard people uh, in you depth the
1: simulation theory. You probably came up with the simulation theory. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I wish I could get some money on that, but I can't. So what do you yeah, do? Yeah. Um, But you know, I've heard people make passionate um, uh, defenses of that idea, not realizing that they're basically uh recounting um, the the idea of a creator uh just great. under a different name so i mean yes. in fact i, I heard one there, there was a great podcast i listened to i don't remember what it's called at this point but but he's uh, he concluded that based on all these leading thinkers it's most likely most likely that we exist in a simulation because look all, all the things that i would use the the um the uh i think it's called the anthropic argument that says that all of the, the universe seems to be tuned for for You and I, as human beings, well, yeah. that could be one of two things. That could be God created the universe and tuned it so we could exist, or uh, the aliens created the created our universe yeah. so they could have a good time. And you know, maybe we're on right. the alien version of yeah. HBO or something like that, yeah. not realizing that the second one just kicks the can one step down the road. But, it, right. but again, it's 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 back to it's back to, I think. Having the new thought, which gets you uh, societal cred, you get some, you know, some people that whoa, the day is really smart. He thought up this new thing, and then second, you don't have to identify with the people that you're against. The people that, you know, we one generation wants to distance itself from the generation before, right? I mean, that's just. Right. Generational theory. That's just yeah, how it goes. We don't want to be our yeah. parents. You know, right no. now there's, there are ads on TV, uh, about an older person teaching uh, the next right, generation right, right. how not yeah. to be their parents. How
1: not yeah. be your parents. <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
0: yeah the, the, Geico ads for Kenny G. Yeah. Look that one up, Kenny. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that natural thing too. We want to do, and, and this is also why in generations, uh, the things that, you know, I'm wearing what they now call uh, flares. My pants are what they call flares. Yeah. When I grew yeah. up, they were called bell bottoms. Right. Now, yeah. now, you know, not to get too grounded in the here and now, but fashion styles, everything is, yeah. you know, goes around and comes around. Some of the things that are talked about in the, uh, in the 2020s were talked about in the 1960s and now they're new because nobody remembers them. So, you know, so there's all that. So I think a lot of that comes back to social acceptance. It comes back to feeling that we're better than the people who went before us, even though we're repeating the same things that the people who went before before us did themselves.
1: But if I call it a new name, I get credit for inventing this new thing. Exactly right. And I'm not my parents. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it it almost I I guess I guess it does feel like an intoxicating mixture of getting to be revolutionary and super smart yes, and not having to be bound by any kind of constraints. Like if I don't declare what a woman is, like I'm never on the hook for being wrong about anything. So that's, right. that's pretty awesome. Um, and I get to be authentic and, and, and the and the smartest person in the room for going along with a new idea. And there's no consequences. The the part that I think out of, so it all feels like naturally like intoxicating. Like, I okay, yes. I, can, I can wrap my head around on why you'd like that. The the part that I find interesting though is somebody once said to me th- this and I never really had thought about this before um, and he and he said there's three kinds of people in the world and I, I don't like those kinds of like setups right. like there's yeah. kinds of people in the world. I don't like those things but this one kind of made sense and it applies to what we're talking about he said there's three kinds of people in the world there's sheep sheep dogs and wolves right mm-hmm. and and in in this scenario it kind of feels like the sheep who are the ones wanting to be the new people but never on the hook for anything, resent the hell out of the sheepdogs who say, right. no, there's actually like there's facts, there's things you have to worry about. You have to be worried about wolves coming in here and eating the sheep because wolves don't have the same values you do. And right. the sheep who want to be these new things and want to let an un- untold number of people come over the border and do whatever they do, right. despise the sheepdogs who are trying to protect them and, and who are protecting them on the values that the sheep say they hate, that's yes, the most rewarding yeah. part. Well, <laughs> it, it is, and I think that again, and the sheep. The other thing the sheep
0: want is they want all the other sheep to like them and to pat yeah. them on the back and say, "Oh, you know, that you're you're being very sheeply for doing this, and you're you're, yeah. you're very good." And and yeah. rah rah, you know, everybody likes a pat on the back. Everybody wants support, yeah.
1: and some of the sheep think they're wolves. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there is that yeah. until the real wolf okay. comes
0: along, and then right. you know, then your you know, lamb chops, yeah. and that's the end of that. So
1: that sheep think that they're they're sheepdogs, like they're they're the protectors. And you go, uh, well, wait a second. Here's the you with your anti Second Amendment, your anti gun position, and you walk by the gun free zone. Where guess what? The criminal doesn't have your same belief about what right what, right what values they should hold, <clears throat> and they have a gun and you don't, and now you're at their mercy. It it's those kinds of, and I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen on every street corner or whatever, right. but. But there are these things that are knowable. There's knowable human conditions. There's noble human tendencies. There's knowable evil in the world. There's harmful people in the world for, again, it may not even be their own fault. Maybe they grew up with an abusive parents sure. and, and they, whatever. There's people who are actively like will harm people. There's serial killers. There's serial sure. rapists. There's yeah, people who will about. do harm. And just this, this come see, come saw attitude about, eh, whatever happens, happens. Like, as long as I get to feel good about not being the person who's, on the hook for having judgment of those things and I can be authentic and I can be the, the nuanced, smart person. Eh, it's all, it's all good. Right? Well, and, and you know, again, that's,
0: I think some of that is our, our attitudes of how I'm going to address the world. If you know, if I'm in a conversation with somebody and this is, this is overly harsh, I suppose, if I, if I say it this way, but if somebody says to me, well, I feel that this is what's important. I'm like, no, 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 I don't care what you feel. I don't give a rip about what you feel. I want to know what you think and I want to know the the factual support of what you think and I want your sources. Now, if it's like, well, I feel bad for that person. Good. You, it's good. It's good. I mean, we should have yeah, compassion okay. on yeah. people that are – that. Are, I mean, you know, so I don't think that Ted Bundy, who was a famous, infamous serial killer yeah. in our time, he probably didn't grow up – he probably didn't start off as a kindergartner thinking, I'm going to be a serial killer. You know, right. things happen to him, and we can lament the fact that yep. bad things happen to him, but later on, we got, we have to subsume those feelings – and we have to think about what's best for the overall going forward, not just what satisfies our need. And, and you know, Americans are the most uh, compassionate people on the planet. We are more compassionate. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm maybe it's confirmation bias because I'm an American, but I think yeah. just historically speaking and looking at the, at the good that we've done in the world, uh, and yes, this is where people are listening. Oh, well, what about this? What about that? Well, bring it on. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, you know we. Our our compassion, you know, you could get you could get killed with your own compassion. I think it was um, who was it? Was it it was Brezhnev or or I think it was Brezhnev. Wasn't it Brezhnev who pounded his shoe on the podium at the UN and said, you're going to sell us the rope to hang you, you know, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: remember.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember who it was, but anyway, there was the so, some of sometimes, and the point of that is sometimes our own traits can be our own undoing, and so yeah. the compassion that we have, if we let it. If we let it overwhelm our thoughts about what's going to create the best future and the most flourishing for all people, you're going to create the minimum amount of flourishing for all people through compassion for all people. That becomes a real problem. And that's, I think, where a lot of this is. And and a lot of it, the other, I'll throw one more little tidbit in there that I think is important about this. The in in our current age, everything is not just sound bites, but it's seconds, it's tweets, it's 140 yeah. characters. So right. whatever you could do to get a serotonin boost from uh, getting approval from other people in the shortest period of time is what. Uh, is what matters. So therefore I don't have the the conversations that you and I have take a lot longer. Well, what happens if this happens? What's the second, third order effects? Well, you can't do that on Twitter. Well, X formerly known as Twitter. You can't do that on those platforms. You can only get the immediate boost to yourself by saying, well, we should have compassion on these people. I think that's a lot of it too.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and something we talked about uh, in previous episodes, which I think is a major factor also, is we have had so much good fortune in our country that it's been a really long time since people experienced real hardship. So we've had ugly things happen, like 9-11 happened um, that affected, you know, one one hundredth of one percent of the population in a direct way, like 3,500 people died. Right. Uh, that's a, a small percentage of the population. We all felt it, but none of us were not that many of us were directly impacted. Where it really right. changed our lives, it's been you know since 1944, arguably since we've had now. Now that that doesn't mean we haven't had people go off and fight and die in wars. I get that, right. that kind of stuff that happened, but collectively, like real pain, real anguish, like is routine in places like the Middle East and things like that, where they yeah. just have this routine exposure to real heavy consequences and, yeah. and, and evil. Um, we just have not had that. And and it just feels like we're, we're coming to believe it's just not even in the realm of possibility. Like it's just not a thing yeah. that it really exists. When we hear about it, it always happens. It always happens to somebody else. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah,
0: that's that's the one of the biases that I like to talk about. Normalcy bias. Things are going. We talked about this I think last week. Actually, normalcy bias. Things are going to continue on as they always have. Yes, there's blips in in the in things, but that could never really happen to me. I mean, you know, in our personalized cancer, no, that could never happen to me until it does.
1: Uh, You know, uh,
0: World War Three, that could never happen because we've overcome war. You know, World War One was the war to end all wars. It was right. supposed to be <laughs> the <laughs> beginning of the new millennial age of, of peace and prosperity on Earth, Right, only to be another 20 years later, and we're at yeah. the worst war the, the globe has ever had. And yeah, people really just didn't
1: to- believe it. The biggest war of all time, the yes. precursor that what set the stage for that was the war in all wars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And this
0: is and this is also the the naivete of the. I mean, humans. If if we look at the broad scope of human history, the general arc has been very very positive. We 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 are more advanced technologically. We have more control over our environment. There's there's all sorts of things in the broad multi-thousand-year view of human history to be very excited about. But the problem is that if we if we only focus on those things and we don't realize that on this broad this broad arc of history there are deep descents into hellishness periodically that yeah. we have to be aware of we have to be on guard for we have to overcome and we can't just face them and say Oh, well, you know, we're trying and they did their best and, you know, we'll look at their childhood. Um, Yeah, do all of that, but recognize that you still have to take proactive, multifaceted action to continue the arc, especially at this point and future points, because we are so technologically powerful that it's very, very dangerous to have a not realistic view of how human beings behave and how the world works.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny as you're as you're saying that I'm thinking through like when I was in I'm gonna guess junior high maybe early high school but I'm gonna guess junior high when we were reading and learning about World War II and like we were studying the Diary of Anne Frank yeah um, a lot of effort was put into making it making it so that we we felt to the degree possible for people in you know at that age fifty years later or whatever it was yeah. um, to really feel that moment as much as we could our teachers put a lot of energy into making it feel real because right the, the general perception was it's our job to prevent this from happening again yes these were atrocities yeah. we never want to have happen again and now i'm imagining as you're as you're talking through that and and thinking about our conversation so far on how we have this this belief that authenticity trumps truth now if if the teachers teaching this stuff if this, if the same Topics were discussed today, and Frank's diary, for example, um, were taught today, they would they would be minimized. They would not be yeah. emphasizing the students to feel this stuff because because the people teaching it have a different perspective than people who taught me. And that and that kind of um, I guess, trickle-down effect of of less and less um, fear compounded over generations and whatever. Right, I, it, eventually that just has to like end really badly, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and this
0: is why we see, and uh, y- this is why we see every eighty, ninety-ish years or so. The yeah. the nobody living today remembers or remembers very well because they're ancient. Uh, right. World War Two, or or I mean, we I I know it from the history books. I, I know it a little bit because my dad was a kid during those times, yeah. but nobody really remembers how. Insanely horrible it was. I've I've talked to uh, combat veterans of various wars, a number of wars. I know I happen to know them, a number of them, and you know, in our society today, our movies and our other things, uh, the, the, our entertainments will not glorify, but will sort of uh, romanticize uh, some of those things. Whereas people that went through those things uh, personally and experienced what those things were like um, have a, a very different viewpoint on those because they know that it's just, it's insanely painful. It's insanely painful, you know, psychologically, spiritually, physically in every possible way. But when we lose that, when we lose that, um, uh, awareness of that, then it becomes much harder for us to avoid. And it also becomes much easier for us to believe that we have moved beyond such base barbaric things as we see yeah. happening now in our time in the Middle East. There was uh, back in uh, 2008, some time ago, uh, when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, the president of the United States at the time, Obama chided the Russians and said, we're in a world now beyond such Crude things as war. I mean, what do you do invading yeah. your neighbor yeah. as if a professorial
1: wagging of the finger
0: would change human yeah. nature? And again, this is back to that idea that human nature doesn't change, and eventually right. it rears its ugly head again.
1: Yeah, I think I think another piece as again as you're talking through that stuff, um, thinking about what it would be like for for a young person, let's say I don't know, sixteen years old today, to be listening to somebody who was alive and could be remember. What well, was like 1945. So that, that yeah. person is born in like 1935. <clears throat> They'd be close to 90 years old now. A 16 right. year old kid listening to them today would immediately turn on the dismissal thing in their head because right. even things like um, somebody who's 50 or 40, 50, 60 years old talking about what it was like being a kid and, you know, like, like we joke about walking uphill both ways to school in right. foot of snow. Like <laughs> yes. we, we joke about that kind of stuff. But you know, explaining to a kid like there was no cell phones there was no right uh, explaining to a kid what a pager is yeah uh, or was um immediately the, the 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 older folks are dismissed um as as not having um interesting or meaningful opinions or thoughts or experiences yeah. and the meaningful um compelling interesting uh, the the things we should listen to are from the young people. Well, the young people have not experienced any of this stuff that, that right. has gone horribly wrong. right? So that again feels like it would lead us down a path of of things not working out so well, which I would argue we're we're experiencing. And so um we're we we have not collectively had these hard hardship things happen. The people who have experienced them, we dismiss them. And so the the young people who've grown up in a society with very little of this kind of negative stuff happening and in their own lifetimes have had the least ever in human history of this, right. they're the ones who are guiding us down the path of what's right and wrong.
0: <laughs> a- absolutely. And that's and that is another common bias that people have. It's called anchoring bias. And this it's the it's the bias that says what's happening. Uh, what's happening recently? This is the most important information. So you know yeah. what's happening in our in our current culture with phones and with technology and those people back in World War II. If they'd only had iPhones, they wouldn't have had a they wouldn't have a, right, a World right, right. War. Or they if they if they had our level of sophistication when it comes to just fill in the blank, it doesn't even matter. They wouldn't have had this. So we we tend to think we the the moderns are beyond such things, such crude things. And we then will experience again such crude things as we yeah. tend to do on a pretty regular basis, and as sadly we are about to do in our age once again. It's just, yeah. it, and and that's how nature keeps us balanced. Nature, or God keeps us balanced by bringing us back yeah. to reality.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I, to kind of button this up, I think what I've uh, I've learned from you today, Dave, is. Uh, the reason we're doing this, the reason people go along with this, the reason they're fully engaged in this and sincerely believing in this stuff is self-importance. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. This could have been the shortest episode we ever did if we just came out of the gate with that and just said it's really Sorry. just self-importance. <laughs> and which, which is, is funny because, it in uh, I, again, I don't know what it's going to be like in the year 2090, but um, there's a huge industry in self-improvement. Right, sure. it's a multi-billion-dollar, which is a lot of absolutely. money in our era. Uh, yeah. there's a, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry of helping people who think poorly of themselves, who don't have confidence, who think that they they've been handed a a, a, a less than ideal lot in life. Helping those people excel is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and right. I would argue a, a, a huge benefit to mankind. Right, absolutely, hundred percent. At the same time, we have people who are so full of that stuff and have no. Um, no idea of what collective or individual failure it would even be. Yeah. And, and, and and it feels like, it's kind of like, like when you go to a, a nude beach, like the people you think should be naked are never the ones who are naked the, <laughs> the ones you don't want to be naked are. It kind of feels like that with this. But the, people, the people who should not have the confidence – do right, and the people right. who should not have the, who should have the confidence don't, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great analogy, Brian. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, and right. I, I do think you just to kind of wrap that one up. I one of the things you said I think is, is critical for our time and for the time that Kenny G lives in, and that is when people are so wrapped up in themselves that they can't see the broader we, the broader uh, scope of things, anything that involves self-denial uh, or in, unless you're part of, you know, one of those self-help groups that preaches that, which is it's, yeah. good, it's good stuff. It, the, those kinds of things, we're so wrapped up in our own little world, we can't even imagine something like a world war disrupting that. And that's part of the blindness that leads to those disasters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree with all that stuff. All right. Well, uh, this uh, episode of all, I would say for me personally, like I would love to hear what other people have to think because I honestly don't understand this stuff. I honestly, I hear some people talk who presumably are intelligent, caring people. And, and just like, how the hell can you think like that? (laughs) I would love to hear uh, somebody else's input and help. Like this is an episode where I imagine we missed the boat on a few things because we just don't understand it for sure. And I want to understand it. This is not a I'm not looking for people to say things so I can jump down the throat. I sincerely right. would like to understand what Absolutely. what they understand or what, what their beliefs are in this. Uh, again, you can do that by going to unsilentpodcast.com. Uh, also, you can check out our rumble page. That's probably the best place to, to comment on videos. Uh, these videos come out every week and, and on rumble you can, there's a great comment section there. That's a great place to, to have, have input and explain to, to Kenny G, uh, the, you know, in 2090, who's a middle-aged person then, um, what it's like for you in this moment and explain yeah. what the pieces we're missing. I, Dave, and I only have our experiences to share. We don't, we right. don't have other experiences and um, we would love to be able to document to Kenny G what this is like. And so when he's looking back going, what the hell is people thinking? We can tell him <laughs> that's the whole point of this thing. So exactly. Uh, anyhow, uh, Dave, you got anything else? Is that pretty much it for this week? That's it, man. All right. Well, I will say uh, that's it for this week. And uh, uh, again, going, uh, going back to my point, unsilentpodcast.com or check out our rumble channel until next time this is dave and brian signing off
0: see you next week do you want to be unsilent make your
1: voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion